Hello and welcome to another episode of Trial by Podcast. I'm your host for this month, Luke Dominish, and today we're talking about breakups. Specifically, we're looking at what happens to an engagement ring, or other gifts, when a marriage doesn't go ahead as planned. Earlier this year, the local court of New South Wales considered this question in the case of Toe and Sue. To set the scene, Mr. Toe and Miss Sue met through a mutual friend in 2015. They started dating and later got engaged. Mr. Toe gave his fiancée a $15,000 engagement ring. As his betrothed was going to China to visit her family, he gave her two of the wedding bands so she could show them off to her parents. Mr. Toe had also given his fiancée a number of other gifts, such as an iPhone, a watch, a diamond necklace, and a Louis Vuitton handbag. Unfortunately, life doesn't always go according to plan, and a few months later, Mr. Toe sat down with Miss Sue and told her that he was calling off the engagement, and he was breaking up with her. He said to her that, Everything that belongs to each party will be returned to each party. Miss Sue said, Okay, and promptly asked him to give her back the shoes he was wearing, as she had bought them for him. He did so. That afternoon, imaginably upset about how her day was going, Miss Sue and her mother went to Mr. Toe's parents' place and took back his wallet, wedding clothes, and a number of other items that she had bought for him. Unable to reconcile their differences between themselves, Mr. Toe lawyered up. Mr. Toe's lawyer wrote to Miss Sue, demanding that she return the engagement ring, the wedding bands, and the various gifts he had bought her. She refused. Mr. Toe sued Miss Sue in the local court. The first question Magistrate Brenda had to determine was, who gets to keep the engagement ring? To answer this question, we have to go way back to 1920s England. The key authority on this question is the case of Cohen and Seller, which was heard back in 1925 by the King's Bench Division of the High Court of the United Kingdom. In this case, Mr. Seller got engaged to Miss Cohen and gave her a diamond ring valued at £30. In the court's words, quote, each had a quick temper and quarrels were frequent. Their relationship quickly deteriorated to the point where they refused to even meet each other face to face. Obviously, the engagement was called off but it was unclear as to who had actually done so. Miss Cohen said that Mr. Seller had refused to marry her, while Mr. Seller maintained that it was Miss Cohen who had broken things off in emphatic terms. The question went before a jury, who ultimately found that it was Mr. Seller who had reneged on his promise to marry Miss Cohen. The question left for Justice McCarty to decide was who got to keep the ring in these circumstances. His Honour stated in his judgment, quote, it is curious that, after the centuries in which so many engagements to marry have been made in hope, but dissolved in disillusion, the questions now before me have not long ago been determined by direct decision, end quote. Justice McCarty set out hundreds of years of legal history on the topic, even going so far as to consider Roman law, to try and reach an outcome. His Honour said that, quote, Though the origin of the engagement ring has been forgotten, it still retains its character of a pledge or something to bind the bargain or the contract to marry, and it is given on the understanding that a party who breaks the contract must return it. The conclusion the court reached was that where the person who receives an engagement ring calls off the engagement, then they are not entitled to keep the ring. On the other hand, if the person who gave the ring refused to go ahead with the marriage, 
then they cannot ask for the ring back. Essentially, whoever was at fault for the breakup lost the ring. Therefore, Miss Cohen got to keep her engagement ring. The judgment is phrased in terms of the man being the person proposing and the woman being the person being proposed to, but there is no reason to think that this case does not equally apply to circumstances where a woman proposes to a man or in a same-sex relationship. In support of the conclusion reached, His Honour stated that, quote, the promise of marriage is today fixed by many of the legal characteristics of a commercial bargain. It is governed largely by the principles of law applicable to ordinary contracts. This is a strange, almost sterile approach. To many, an engagement is a happy, emotional time, and far from the parties' minds are thoughts of exchanging promises similar to those entering into a commercial contract. Nevertheless, to the court at the time, asking someone to marry you is just like entering into any other contract, and a party to a contract who seeks to frustrate it cannot seek to benefit from their actions. His Honour went so far as to describe the ring as a deposit and say that, a person who wrongly refuses to carry out a bargain will lose his deposit. His Honour concluded by saying that if the engagement was called off mutually, then the engagement ring and all other similar gifts, which carry with them an implication that they are conditional on the marriage going ahead, should be returned. The decision in Cohen, particularly the emphasis on whose fault it is in the breakup and the analogy to commercial arrangements, may seem odd to our ears today. But before coming back to the matter of Mr. Toe and Miss Sue, there are a number of other cases that have applied Cohen since that are worth mentioning. In 2007, the issue came up before the Supreme Court of New South Wales in the case of Papathanasopoulos and Vakopoulos. In this case, Andrew Vakopoulos had purchased an engagement ring, also valued at around $15,000, and gave it to Vicky Papathanasopoulos at an engagement party. Sadly, only 10 days later, Andrew and Vicky had a conversation about their relationship. During the exchange, Vicky took the ring off, put it on the coffee table, and said, the wedding is off, here, take the ring, I don't want it. Andrew replied, it is a gift to you, you can keep it. The ring remained on the table for the duration of the conversation. After Andrew left, Vicky put it, along with photographs and other sentimental items, in a box, which she put in her wardrobe. About a month later, Andrew called Vicky, told her that he loved her, and that he wanted her back. Vicky told him to leave her alone and hung up. Vicky then told her father that she wanted to throw out everything that Andrew had given her. On her instructions, Vicky's father emptied the box, tore up the photographs, and threw the engagement ring in the garbage. The court applied the decision of Cohen to find that Vicky should have returned the ring and accordingly was liable to pay the value of the ring to Andrew. As the ring was a conditional gift, and Vicky had decided not to go ahead with the marriage, it should have been returned and not thrown away. Even though Andrew had said it was a gift that Vicky could keep, the court found that Andrew's statements were coloured by the environment they were made in, as he was trying to convince Vicky not to call off the engagement. However, Acting Justice Smart did note that Cohen is not to be applied strictly in circumstances where there is a justification for a person to call off an engagement. His Honour gave examples of domestic violence or the discovery that their partner was having an affair and said in those circumstances, the person calling off the engagement can, quote, probably keep the ring. More recently, Cohen was considered by the Supreme Court of New South Wales in 2016 in the case of Lumbos and Ward. In this case, Justice Lindsay held that a relationship had broken down without blame to either party, 
but because of pressures from a business failure and suspicions of an affair agitated by a third party. After the breakdown in relationship, Mr. Lumbos sent Miss Ward an emotionally charged email that stated in vulgar and angry terms that she should keep the engagement ring. Accordingly, Justice Lindsay held that, while no one party ended the relationship, and according to Cohen, the ring should be returned, because of the subsequent agreement, Miss Ward could keep the ring. This can be contrasted to acting Justice Smart's treatment of the emotional conversation between Andrew and Vicky in the case of Papathanasopoulos and Vicopoulos. The decision in Lumbos was ultimately overturned on appeal, but not on this question. So, this was the state of the law at the time Magistrate Brenda was faced with the dispute between Mr. Toe and Miss Sue. To sum up, a marriage is like a commercial agreement. The person who calls it off cannot benefit by keeping the deposit, being the ring, unless they have a legal justification for doing so, or there is a subsequent agreement like there was in Lumbos. The magistrate was therefore faced with authorities from the King's Bench dating back nearly 100 years, as well as recent authority from the Supreme Court of New South Wales. However, Magistrate Brenda was sceptical of Cohen's relevance today. In particular, his honour noted that since Cohen was decided, there have been a number of laws passed regarding relationships. Firstly, the Marriage Act had been amended to abolish the right to recover damages for a breach of promise to marry, and secondly, the Family Law Act had abolished the concept of fault with respect to divorce. His Honour stated that, in these circumstances, it would be, quote, surprising if the common law still determined legal rights between parties to a proposed marriage by reference to whether or not their conduct in breaking off an engagement was justified or not. Magistrate Brenda went on to consider whether it was appropriate to treat an engagement like a commercial relationship and the ring as a deposit conditional on performance. His Honour felt that the essential philosophy of the Marriage Act and the Family Law Act meant that there was no longer any room for recovery in the event of a marriage not going ahead. The ring should simply be an unconditional gift. According to His Honour, if the ring was to be conditional, one of two circumstances would have to arise. Firstly, Either it would have to be returned, no matter whose fault it was, in which case the law would be acting as if there was a right to recover a loss for a breach of contract to marry, or on the other hand, it would be kept by the person not calling off the engagement, and then it would be necessary to look at whose fault it was that the marriage was not going ahead. His Honour said that this was not consonant with modern ideas, including that, quote, a gift of an engagement ring should now be seen, like other gifts, as given absolutely. Many gifts are given in happy times and with optimism. Sometimes that optimism is borne out, sometimes it isn't. Therefore, Miss Sue was allowed to keep the engagement ring. The next issue was whether the gifts had to be returned, on the basis that there was a promise that, quote, everything that belongs to each party will be returned to each party. His Honour stated that, because of the domestic, emotional setting, there was no intention for those words to be legally binding. The fact that Mr. Toe gave her back the shoes did not make it an enforceable contract. His Honour found that Miss Sue's request for the shoes was made because she was upset about having her engagement broken off, and Mr. Toe had agreed to give them back to her because she had asked and he wanted to avoid further conflict. Therefore, Miss Sue did not have to return any of the other gifts. As for the wedding bands, however, His Honour found it was clear that Mr. Toe had only given them to Miss Sue so she could show them to her parents and that they remained Mr. Toe's property until the wedding. Therefore, she had to return the bands.
So there you have it. The latest in a long line of cases considering the issue have held that there's no special legal status in an engagement ring. It is simply an unconditional gift, one that we all hope will bear out a happy relationship, but sadly that this is not always the case. It must be kept in mind, however, that this was a local court decision, and the Supreme Court has still maintained that Cohen is good law. We'll have to wait and see if two parties, previously engaged, get back into the ring to test this issue in a higher court. But the case serves as an important reminder of the types of legal relationships that may be being formed while people create, or break, personal ones. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you all for listening, and please review us on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you happen to listen to us, and you'll hear from us again next time. Music